Hello, you are listening to 30 Below with Rick and Allie. I'm Rick. I'm Allie. And uh, tonight we watched Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, because we needed some Santa in our escapism. <laughs> Good pun. Thanks. I thought about it beforehand, and I yes. don't think I delivered it the way that I wanted to, but it's out there, so that's what you get. Coming in at a delicious 17% on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Rated G. Um, the tagline is, the holidays take a chaotic turn when Jack Frost puts a freeze on Christmas. This is directed by Michael Lembeck, who mostly does, uh, television, and he's done a lot of television, like, back to the 80s, he's been directing things. Uh, the most important things that he's directed, as far as, uh, matters to this, uh, he directed The Santa Claus 2 before this. Uh, he directed The Tooth Fairy, so the... With The Rock? Yes. Okay. So, and again, this movie has a I Tooth Fairy. I have seen that. And it's basically the Santa Claus, but Tooth Fairies. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, and he also did Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's what he's done. So before we start, let's try a little background. What's your experience with the Santa Claus movies? Um, so I only really remember, um, the original with Tim Allen and his son, and he becomes Santa Claus, and, uh, that's basically, uh, Santa Claus falls off the roof, um, and uh, Tim Allen puts on the Santa Claus suit, and then he becomes Santa Claus, um, and is really freaked out by the fact that he is Santa Claus, but then is learns how to be Santa Claus. That's all I really remember. I don't remember much. And then Santa Claus 2? Nothing. I'm assuming that's where he meets Carol, because that's, that's a thing in this, is that he has a, a wife yeah. now. He has Mrs. Claus, so that's just what I'm guessing. Um, so I have seen the first one a lot. Uh, we had that on VHS. Lot. Wow. Yeah, we watched... That was a Christmas classic for us. Okay. I mean, it came out in 94, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it would have been perfect for young kids to watch a yeah. Tim Allen Disney movie after yeah. watching Home Improvement on TGIF. <laughs> uh, Before we knew how terrible Tim Allen was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so we watched the first one a lot so i have a lot of fun memories of that and i think that one is a good movie uh the second one i've never seen all the way through but i'm pretty sure i've seen about 70 percent of it and for some reason i have a very strong memory of seeing a large segment of it while standing in line to buy things at best buy hmm. so that's where i saw definitely a large portion of the middle of it I can understand that. And then I've never seen this one until tonight. Okay. And yeah, in the second one, from what I recall, uh, the big thing is that there is a second clause. So if you recall in the first one, he has this uh, business card inside him that says, put on the suit. Mm -hmm. And then they zoom in and there's like all this legalese saying that now he's Santa. Yep. And in the sequel, if you zoom in even further, 
you discover that there's a second hidden clause, and it is, in fact, the Mrs. Clause. Okay. And Mm -hmm. he has to get married, or he loses it. And then to fill extra time, because it's a kid's movie and it's not just about a man in his 40s finding love, uh, they add in he clones himself and there is a toy Santa who is running the North Pole and shenanigans happen. That's also where we get introduced to Spencer Breslin's elf character. Mm -hmm. So he's there and the rest of the legendary uh, pantheon of legendary uh, figures Mm -hmm. they're introduced to there and that's what's interesting about this movie is that it seems it's going to be a very obvious sounding thing to say but this is a sequel to the santa claus 2 this is not the third santa claus movie yeah like this is very much everything they did in the santa claus 2 this is taking off of like all those characters that were introduced all that set design and stylistic choices they made in that one Mm. is what this one is about and really the only thing that has to do with the first one is the time travel that we get into in act three Mm -hmm. is we have to see the first one because that's when he became santa right yeah so yeah it's (sighs) let's get into it yep so of course the very first thing that happens is we see a special disney logo So when we see the Disney Castle production logo, uh, it turns out to be inside a snow globe. Which is appropriate. Yes, snow globes are Mm -hmm. very important in this movie. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, And then we burst in on Mrs. Claus on a gurney. No. No, we we don't. We we start. With the Elf-amentary school. With. Oh, with the elementary yes, this, school. Yes. There's this weird bookend yes, yep. structure to mm-hmm, this that mm-hmm, doesn't make mm-hmm. sense because uh, the character who is telling the story is not present for 70% of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, because she used to be a uh, principal, so her job now is to teach the elves mm-hmm. how to learn things. And it says elementary, which I'm guessing they just said because it's a pun. Yep. But the elves all look like children. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they could be 300 years old, 500 right. years old. We don't yeah. know. Yep. And she's having them do a an SAT question, basically. One of those, if a train leaves a station at 9.05, getting 200 kilometers an hour, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Now, we don't want to learn this. You should tell us something that we want to learn. And I should say, they say it is Abigail Breslin. Because this movie came out in the very brief period where Spencer Breslin was more famous than she was. Yeah, I thought it was very odd that Abigail Breslin only had like two lines. But yeah, this was this must have been like around when the kid came out or afterwards. This would have been a little bit after the kid because he was uh, Spencer Breslin. Yeah, was he was a, definitely younger in the kid. He was your standard eight to ten year old cute kid lead. Yeah. In that. Yep. And in this, he's definitely creeping in on puberty and he's grown a lot in the two years between the second and third one yeah and they just kind of have to ignore it yep mm-hmm. um which also uh no david crumholtz in this one nope and they don't mention it at all they're just like yep i'm head elf now yep let's not care about that other charismatic actor who was in the other movies yeah he was great yeah and i think it would have added something to the character of uh, Spencer Breslin. Uh, well, I don't remember what his 
character's name was. Curtis. Curtis. I think it would have added something and made more sense for him if he was so worried about everything going right because this was his first year as head elf. Yeah. Like if they mentioned that Bernard was taking the year off Mm -hmm. and he had to learn how to do everything on his own and that's why he keeps bugging Santa about everything. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That I think would have been a better choice. I I agree. Yes. Um, Anyway, we then we have the big gurney scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see some of the buildings in the North Pole, they all have elf pun names, which maybe that's just elfish humor. I don't know. And we're inside the uh, delivery room and Mm -hmm. it's a very short because it's for elves. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oops, false alarm. No baby today. No baby today. And that's the main not really the main conflict, but that's the inciting incident kind of, is that she got knocked up yep. and she's due any day now, yep. but it's Christmas time, so he's busy. Yes. And feel like maybe could have tried planning a little better. Obviously, babies come when babies come, but like, maybe you could have tried to have a March baby? I don't know. Yeah. Just like, you know, be extra careful, you know. Yeah, there's like two months of the year, you have to be a little more careful, and then Mm -hmm. you won't have a Christmas baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, And... Yes, so we see Santa's horrifying face fireplace. Oh, I wrote that down. Yeah, that was... That was terrifying. Yep, don't know why they made that set design decision, and I don't think that's in the first one. I remember the fireplace. It also looks like Tim Allen. So, like, did he specifically have that fireplace, like, built for him? I'm going to decide, uh, choose to believe that the elves decided to build that for him. That the elves build a new Santa fireplace for each Santa. Oh my god, that's horrifying. Because that's just how they view their deity that is constantly reincarnated because the fire is coming out of his mouth well it's not coming out but it's like inside the mouth yes it is uh tim allen's face open with his jaw open wide as if he is at the dentist Mm -hmm. and where his tongue should be there is just fire and it's supposed to be cute it is not cute it is very scary and off-putting and santa shows up And he's like, hey, I got something. It's not for you. It's for the baby. Mm -hmm. And he pulls the present out and it's a mobile. Mm -hmm. And his wife says, "Uh, I don't need things. I need you. Or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But then he's too busy. He's got stuff to do. I mean, he is Santa Claus and it is around Christmas. Um... Um, And he's told that there is a, a meeting of the wrote down some here the legendary figures council yes and so but he's too busy to go that's why they're coming to him this year mm-hmm. uh then an elf kicks santa because he made his wife cry which i feel like that is a brooch of protocol on many levels absolutely i did not see that but like santa's your boss and also your god figure yeah why are you kicking him in the shins yeah don't kick your god figure in the shins and I made a note here uh, because it really stuck out with Spencer Breslin in this specific lighting, but the makeup they have on the kids, to on the elves, is very glittery. Mm. And 
Like, they're trying to make them have the rosy cheeks and look young and everything. But right, yeah. It's weird that they went with glitter. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. I, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, um, so, yes, we meet our legendary figures council. Uh, we've got uh, Father Time, Mother mm-hmm. Nature, mm-hmm. Um, Cupid, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, Sandman, Sandman played by. Star Trek Next Generation's Michael Dorn, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize because I'm terrible and I only recognize him when he's got the ridges. <laughs> um, and Jack Frost is there, but he is upset because he doesn't have his own holiday, which neither does Sandman. And it, I was irritated by that. Neither because really does Father Time, unless you count New or, Year's. Well, Mother Nature, I guess, has Earth day yeah tooth fairy doesn't have a day tooth fairy doesn't have a day like there are a lot of characters on this legendary board that do not have holidays tooth fairy also never gets a night off yeah like there are kids across the globe that are losing their teeth every night Mm -hmm. unless he only goes to kids that believe in the tooth fairy in which case i suppose he's just got the western hemisphere to worry about yeah so i don't know and but then still. Sandman, I feel, is a little bit more obscure than, like, the others. I mean, I had heard, like, I knew about Sandman, but, like, he wasn't, like, as big of a, a deal as, like, the Tooth Fairy or Easter Bunny or anything. No, uh, Sandman Same is... Same with Father Time. Yeah, Father Time exists only in the abstract and in pictures on New Year's where you see an old man with a sash and then a baby with a sash like that I is don't even some know. kind of representation of father time i have not seen that oh. well you don't go to enough new year's comics i guess <laughs> apparently not <laughs> yeah sandman his biggest cultural impacts are going to be enter sandman mm-hmm. and mr sandman yeah so some some certified hits yeah but I knew he had this, like, dust that he sprinkles over your eyelids yep, to I make you go to sleep. But that's uh, that's basically all I've ever heard of Sandman. Yeah. And uh, the Easter Bunny is some toxic masculinity because he oh, makes Easter fun. Easter Bunny is so creepy. Yes, the Easter Bunny looks terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and then also makes fun of Cupid because Cupid has a toga and they keep referring to it as a skirt or a dress and like hey we can see up your skirt because they like making fun of cupid which that's also weird because cupid is a straight up god right uh, a roman god yeah yeah and i don't know maybe easter bunny is tiny so i guess when he put on when he picked up a bow after he killed cupid he shrank is then, there a Cupid clause as well? I mean, I imagine that's how all of them got their jobs. Because obviously the Tooth Fairy used to be a dentist or something. Mm. And like got really into being the Tooth Fairy. Because he's like a gruff middle-aged man. Like you wouldn't expect that for a Tooth Fairy. I mean, it could be the Tooth Fairy though. But you that just know. makes me wonder, why is the Easter Bunny just a giant anthropomorphic rabbit? As opposed to like the size of a rabbit. Or just true a giant rabbit that's not anthropomorphized. True. Why does the magic not work that way? Also, why is it scary? Yes. Why did they make it terrifying? 
Yeah. Uh, there's that an animated movie that came out just a couple years ago. I believe it's called Legends of the Guardians or something. Mm. Uh, it's basically the same group of people, but they're kind of superheroes. It's based off a kid's book. Okay. And in that, like, Santa and... Or the Easter Bunny is played by... Or voiced by Hugh Jackman. Okay. So they play him more as, like, a kangaroo than <laughs> as a bunny. You know, <laughs> the just... Easter kangaroo. Why not? He's already got a pouch. Yeah. And that's, like, what they do. I mean, as far as legendary figures go... Sandman, because you get the gunk in your eye. Father Time, Mother mm. Nature, mm. abstract, whatever. Mm. But like the Easter Bunny is definitely one of the most bizarre yeah. concepts yeah. that we tell children. Yeah. Like, yes, a giant rabbit mm-hmm. is going to come and give you chocolate eggs yep. and candy. Yep. As you do. Because rebirth or something. Yep. A lot of pagan symbolism there. Uh-huh. Um, oh, we're spending but, way too much time on this legendary no, figures council. Jack Frost is there. He wants his own holiday, um, even though he's not the only one who doesn't have a holiday. Um, and they're going to suspend him for trying to take over Christmas. Uh-huh. And for then he offers to do community service. And so for his punishment, he instead gets to help do Christmas. Which isn't a punishment. Um... And they just casually mentioned the escape clause yep. at this meeting. Yep. Just out of the blue. As you do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't. Yep. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I also put, has there ever been a good Jack Frost film? That Legends of the Guardians thing I mentioned is, all right, like, that's about a young kid who's Jack Frost, and he's like, yeah, there is no holiday for me, so it's about him finding himself and finding his purpose. Okay. Uh, and then there is the Rankin-Bass, uh, I think that's called Santa Claus is Coming to Town, where that's the, there's a, the people that made Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, like, like the with the motion. like heat miser yeah. and that kind of thing. That I one, haven't. I've never seen it, but I haven't it's seen a beloved it classic. Yeah. So... At yeah. the very least, it's probably an enjoyable 22 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I was also just thinking of Jack Frost, like the live action. Um, oh, the snowman? It's not called the snowman. Not that one. No, not the snowman, but the Jack Frost that yeah. is a snowman. Is that Dennis Quaid? Who's no, in that? No, uh, it's Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> Except it was originally supposed to be George Clooney, but they didn't change the puppet very much so the snowman just looks like george clooney amazing there's also a horror movie called jack frost that came out roughly the same time where a uh serial killer gets turned into a snowman it has an infamous scene where he uh kills someone in a shower but it's not the snowman no not the snowman (laughs) just jack frost another awful movie there this that can always confuse me because there is a jack frost 2 Mm-hmm. And it had one of those lenticular uh, lens okay. things mm-hmm. uh, on the VHS copy. So whenever I went to the video store, I would see beloved uh, movie star Michael Keaton as a snowman mm-hmm. in Jack Frost mm-hmm. right next to terrifying evil skull Jack Frost 2. <laughs> and that confused me when I did not know that there were two movies named Jack Frost. <sighs> Yeah, so Jack Frost gets to help out and make Christmas, and we have farting reindeer minions. So yes, minions. Uh, Santa, 
He's like, I'm busy. Mm -hmm. If something happens, I want my wife to feel at ease. So I'm going to bring her family here. So Mm. he's going Mm to uh, trick them into getting up there and keep the Santa-ness a secret, Mm -hmm. but bring the in-laws up. Yes. And it starts with him flying to see his Mm ex-wife and her new husband and his son, Mm -hmm. as well as his son's half-sister, who he is great friends with, and she calls him Uncle Scott. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense, because he's there seeing his son a lot. Yeah. And also, he's Santa, so he likes kids. Yeah. It's just, I've not been around families that have that specific dynamic Mm -hmm. of, yes, I'm just hanging out with my ex-wife's kid. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And... Yes, he goes there, and we get the scene of Comet in a horrifying animatronic puppet. Oh my god! Making it's all these so faces bad. and farting all over the so place. So much farting and so many minion noises. Like, yeah. why do they sound like minions? And it's super aggravating because in the first one, there's like a joke where the reindeer like kind of talk to Santa, and except they're actual reindeer. Right. And one of them gives him a scarf, and it's to help him grab on if he falls off the roof, because that's what he's worried about. Mm -hmm. And in this, they've got these giant eyes and articulated mouths. So off-putting. Yeah, they they are horrifying. They sound like a cross between Stitch, the alien, and Minions. And it is not cute, and they're farting constantly. Yes, um, so we then meet the little girl, um, mm-hmm. who... Uh, Lucy? I, Lucy, uh, who I think might be in the second one, but I do not recall. She probably would have, because it only... This came out two years after, so it'd be weird if they introduced an eight-year-old kid that didn't exist before. yeah. But she uh, loves snow globes, mm-hmm. and when she hugs Santa, he says that her hugs are magic and warm him to his core. Mm-hmm. And that will come back. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, I got a present for you. And he reaches into his bag, and there's so many wacky sounds. So many. It there's was like glass a breaking radio. And it was, horns going. It's like a bad radio DJ and just like know, banged on a radio keyboard sound making machine do do, do you know do you know what it sounded like right at the end what what it sounded like was in his small bag there there was an elephant there was an elephant in his small bag hilarious so clever Uh, yep and his kid's gonna go on a snow trip this year Mm -hmm. which is why he's not in the majority of the movie because we could only get him for two scenes yep uh, and then they decide to all go to the North Pole. So, yeah, we are, uh, they're like, hey, um, so Judge Reinhold's character, um, Neil, mm-hmm. uh, first we have a moment where he's apparently gone New Age Zen, uh, at some point. And the mm-hmm. first one, he's like a stuck-up therapist. Yeah. Uh, you know, very hoity-toity. Mm-hmm. And in this, he's much more 
Eastern mystic. Yeah, he's like more in tune with his feelings and emotions, and he also does yoga. Yeah, and the movie definitely wants us to think that he's bad for worrying about people's feelings. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or at least is to be mocked for being a man who cares about feelings. It's weird. And uh, so he's like, well, Charlie's been to the North Pole, and that's going to be weird if his sister doesn't get to go to the North Pole. And also, she can't go to the North Pole without his parent, her parents, so looks like we're all coming to the North Pole. Yep. And we meet Alan Arkin, or we meet the in-laws. Uh, it's Alan Arkin and... Anne Margaret. Anne Margaret. Mm-hmm. And they bicker. Mm-hmm. Sandman knocks them out. Mm-hmm. And we take them... Uh, we kidnap them to the North Pole. Yep. Except that after Sandman knocks them out, he also goes to sleep in the chair. Yeah, because he's so tired. He's so sleepy. It's just, yeah, I don't know. And... Oh, we did skip a scene. Uh, so we see the North Pole. The elves are making it look like Canada, eh? Mm-hmm. And... They are putting maple syrup on things and yep, maple leaves everywhere. Because Santa wants to convince the in-laws that they are in Canada. Because he can't tell in-laws that he's Santa. Because yeah, they can't keep a secret. Nope. And this is where Jack Frost, who's helping out, uh, asks Curtis about the escape clause and tricks him into revealing how it works. Curtis is not very smart. No. He fell see, for that so quickly. And that's where I was like, see, it would make sense if he was trying to prove himself because he's worried about being taken seriously because yeah. yep. Bernard's not there, mm-hmm. that he just gives up this stuff so right. easily. Yep. But uh, the thing about, uh, he makes a joke about the Elfland Security Act instead mm. of Homeland mm. Security. Great. We loved Jingoism in 2006. Yep. And so the escape clause makes the first movie not make sense. Because now, apparently at any time, he could have stopped being Santa Mm -hmm. by holding on to it and saying, I wish I'd never been Santa. Holding on to the the snow snow globe. globe, Mm -hmm. Saying, I wish I'd never become Santa at all. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back. And he could have not scared that Santa off his roof. Mm-hmm. And now Scott Calvin gets to continue living his life. Mm-hmm. And the entire point of the first movie is that he learns that he wants to be Santa and he's a better person because of it. Yep. Actually, the first movie is a horrifying body horror film where the spirit of Santa takes over his life no matter how much he doesn't want it. But... Yes. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen the first one. Yeah, the escape clause means that he never had to go on that journey. And whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we get the uh, in-laws to the North Pole. Mm -hmm. And we get that classic song, Santa's Got a Hot Rod. (laughs) Also, uh, Jack Frost seems to be hitting on Carol at one point. Yes. On Mrs. Claus. He's definitely doing that, which I'll get to in a sec. Um, he has a desperate desire to be known. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his big thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, you're touring the factory, and everyone's going off, and they're getting into mischief, and then we're doing yoga with the elves, mm-hmm. because Judge Reinhold's here, so we gotta do something. Mm-hmm. We just got so many children actors. Also, Neil isn't dressed for yoga. No. Not that that 
but that's just like if he's like this big into yoga like you got basketball shorts at least you you're but he's at the north pole so bring your basketball shorts um so yeah he's not dressed for yoga um also some of the elves are dressed like prisoners Yeah, like Keystone Cop-style prisoners. Yeah. Like black and white stripes. I don't know why. Yeah. And they're the ones monitoring the naughty nice list, I think. Yeah, I was wondering. Because that seemed like a deliberate choice, but also they weren't prisoners. So I did not understand. uh, This is when Jack Frost starts pulling off his sabotage. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he's... Like, telling the elves to go and get free cocoa, and then when Mm. they leave, he messes things up. Yep. And we get a lot of shots of these elves, and these child actors are not good at not looking at the camera. Oh. Just a lot of them, their eyes darting Mm -hmm. to the side and then back. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you're a kid. Right, yeah. It's more on the director of, you couldn't get a second take? It always just reminds me of the outtakes for Little Rascals when they're like, Brittany, Brittany, don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera, sweetie. <laughs> the little girl who played Darla. So, yeah. <laughs> and then he's perving on Anne Margaret, and he's just... Well, he also perved on Mrs. Claus yeah, before, too. So that was before Santa got a Ah, ride. that's why I got it mixed Yes. Up. And then he's perving on Anne Margaret and making all these weird, like, like... And he's having her sing Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, but only the second line. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. But she says nibbling, which I've always felt it's nipping. It is nipping. She said nibbling? Yeah, which that implies biting more. Yeah, no. I I didn't hear that. That's what I heard. Maybe I am wrong. Or maybe I am wrong. And then there's things going wrong everywhere and there's a fire and Alan Arkin runs in and puts out the fire with the fire extinguisher backpack that he found and was immediately like this is clearly a fire extinguisher yeah there's that so you many put on your back and then you spray goo there's so many times that they're like this is normal or <laughs> this is yeah. just slightly weird they just accept that everyone like they accept that everyone is short mm-hmm. but they never even get into hey, everyone looks like an eight-year-old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just completely gloss over that everyone looks like a child. Right, yeah. Because apparently they've never even seen, like, photos of Canada. And Um, should be noted, Martin Short, noted Canadian. Oh. I I didn't know he was Canadian. Very Canadian. Um... And also a bunch of toys are broken um, because of Jack Frost. Um, And then Santa assembles all of the bits that are working into a jet-powered scooter board, which still leaves a bunch of kids without a toy. That just leaves one kid with an awesome toy and then the rest of them super disappointed. Yeah, it wasn't just (laughs) five toys that are broken. It's like... A hundred toys that are backed uh-huh. up. Yeah. He took five toys and made one. Mm-hmm. So again, you've already reduced your inventory by twenty right. percent. Exactly. Like two twenty percent. You've reduced by eighty percent. Yeah. Like, you are running way behind. But, yeah, this that's is still the, an issue. That's not a good solution to make one toy out of five. Yeah. 
And we go to see the Hall of Snow Globes. Yes. Because uh, Lucy wants to see snow globes. Mm -hmm. And we enter the secret code Mm -hmm. into a red deer machine. Yes. Not a Red Bull machine. Not Red Bull. Uh, Just a quick note. We just had an editing issue and someone forgot to hit record. We were talking for so long. So apologies if this... <laughs> we had to go back. There's lost magic that we're going to try to recreate now. Oh, goodness. Okay. So um, they enter the Hall of Snow Globes. They do. And there are probably like 20 or 30 floating snow globes. One for each previous Santa. Mm-hmm. So it's not boding well for Santa's life expectancy. It is not. And uh, Lucy gets... Um, she sees the one that is his snow globe mm-hmm. and she is given her own snow globe mm-hmm. and it's a magic snow globe that is a terrifying little... Uh, it has a miniature of her in it um, and the miniature um, hugs the snowman that's in it um, and the snowman turns pink because of her warm hugs. Yep, as you do. Mm-hmm. Um... And yes, we cut back to Santa's family and they're setting up Mm -hmm. decorations for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Even though it's the North Pole and he's Santa and so they're putting up Christmas lights on Christmas Eve. Well, didn't Jack Frost get back into the snow globe, the Hall of Snow Globes at that point? Uh, Yes. So as they exit, um, he rides the invisible or the secret door and he gets inside. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they're decorating and mm-hmm. uh, Neil is trying to untangle a ball of Christmas tree lights because apparently even at the North Pole your Christmas tree lights get tangled up and they don't have a team of elves who are just champing at the bit to to untangle those lights nice use of champing thank you I did that for you and especially notable since elves like they seem to have, like, one job. Like, there's a pastry chef elf, and there's the mm-hmm. worker elves or whatever, and there's not a Christmas light elf yeah. that just loves untangling lights. Right. Or maybe there's a Christmas, an elf who loves tangling lights. Oh, okay, but then there's got to be one who loves untangling lights. Mm-hmm. I would probably be that elf. Like, I, I like untangling things. Yes, and uh, then Jack Frost... Is comes out of the snow globe room and he's got Santa snow globe. Mm-hmm. Lucy sees him and she reports him to her parents. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Frost kills them with his freeze breath. Yes. He goes full Sub-Zero uh-huh. and he slowly backs them into a closet. Apparently they can't like run away because this takes a very long time it takes for a, them. Yeah. It takes a long time to freeze when you're Jack Frosted. Yeah. You get time to walk backwards slowly, but not enough time to escape. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't freeze Lucy. Mm-hmm. He just puts her in the locker. Yep. And I guess that's She's all he needs to do. just hanging out with her dead, frozen parents. Um, and let's see. So uh, now... I put Curtis is a bad elf. Yes. Oh, <laughs> He keeps calling. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> Santa's just trying to enjoy Christmas Eve with his family mm-hmm. uh, and his pregnant wife and his in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, uh, get stuff up and everything. But Curtis calls like every 30 seconds and is like, hey, I've got another problem. 
and he's told straight up, Curtis, stop calling me, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And then as soon as he hangs up, he gets called again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also, no one suspects Jack Frost at all. Like, nope. he is very suspicious. Like, he... I I would at least think that he was very weird. Yeah. Um, And, like, Santa knows that he, you know, wanted a holiday for himself and everything like that. But apparently everybody's just, like, cool with the fact that Jack Frost is just hanging around. Yeah, I'm going to listen to his advice when he tells me to try to get my father to upstage Santa into annoying him into doing what I want. Yeah, exactly. And Alan Arkin's on a ladder and he's Mm -hmm. upset that it keeps sliding because he's judging everything because that's what in-laws do. Mm -hmm. Terrible in-laws. And uh, yes, they can't put the topper on the tree until Scott does it. It's very important, very special. It's been their Christmas tradition for the entire year they've been married. (laughs) Um, also, Anne Margaret is going through this, like, um, like bin of ornaments and she sees one that looks, that is Santa that looks like Tim Allen. And she's like, this looks just like, and I was just like, really? Now is the time where you're suspicious? Like now it's starting to maybe click that this might be the North Pole and you're son-in-law might be santa no he's just uh uh he just has the body of a wisconsin grandfather Mm -hmm. he's got a big bushy white beard and he just is a toy maker who lives up north Mm -hmm. but and he has a weird love of christmas and workers who are all who all look like Eight years old. But, no, I don't know what you mean he looks like. He looks like Father Time. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Not like right. Santa. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah. he gets... Uh, there's one last bit of sabotage where Jack Frost removes a screw from the tree base. Mm-hmm. And then convinces... Uh, Carol to tell her father that he should put the tree or the tree topper on to, you know, make Scott like kind of jealous so that he'll do it. Um, which Scott does not pay attention. And um, he puts it on and it falls over. Scott actually does come over and he Yeah, puts he it does on eventually. And it falls over and it shatters the tree topper into a billion pieces. Just like their broken marriage. Yep. And the in-laws are like, we should have never come here. Also, Anne Margaret is like smirking when she says that. <laughs> it looked like she was about to break character or something. I was like, I don't know why you're so happy saying we never should have come here. But yes. anyway. And then the wife says, maybe I should have never come here either. Yeah. Like, oh, no. And she divorcing your incredibly Santa. pregnant wife is about to divorce you yeah. on your favorite day. Yep, basically. And so uh, in a way that's not suspect at all, Jack Frost is like, hey, Santa, let's go for a walk and let's let them sit here on their own. And he manages to trick Santa into saying, I wish I had never been santa at all mm-hmm. and while holding the snow globe mm-hmm. which he causes, gives it to him as a present mm-hmm. which invokes the escape clause 
Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. travel back in time, and I guess Jack Frost gets to come with because he hugs Santa tight enough. Sure. And that's how time travel works now. Yep. And now there are two Scott Calvins in this world. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're back in, yeah, the, the, the part in the Santa Claus where... Um, the original Santa, or the first Santa, whatever. The prior Santa. The prior Santa falls off the roof, um, and Jack Frost gets to the suit first and puts it on, and then disappears. Um, and then we jump to 12 years later? Yep, so it goes back to 1994, and now we're back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this... Scrooge slash It's a Wonderful Life storyline where all of a sudden um, Scott is like this big businessman who's working on um, December 24th and he's like, what? It's Christmas. Are you ever more working? Which, I mean, Santa was working. Santa notoriously works on Christmas Eve. That's kind of the problem. That is true. That's very true. And Um, this must have been Tim Allen's favorite couple of days of shooting because... He just looks like Tim Allen in a suit. So yeah. these are the only days where he didn't have to do the, you know, two hours of face prosthesis mm. to get the Santa beard and yep. the fat suit and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he decides to go to his family, um, his ex-wife and his son, and she's divorced. She's divorced Neil. Um, and yeah, they're both not happy to see him. They're like, what are you doing here? Um, I'm a rebellious teen because my dad sucks. Yeah, he's very unpleasant. Um, and she looks very unkempt, like, oh, her life is just the worst. And she has a name tag on, which means that she's probably a waitress or right. a nurse or something, yeah. which movies mm-hmm. always look down on. Or a retail worker. Um, and he asks where, well, first he asks where Carol is, and she's like, I don't know, she's probably, she probably skipped town because she was done tormenting she was such a mean principal she was such a mean principal um because this is an alternate reality um and then he asks where neil and lucy are and she says the north pole and she hands him a um brochure which is actually a an amusement park at the north pole that apparently they go to every year yep and uh so this sets up a very big problem in the movie because mm-hmm. the whole reason that he couldn't tell the in-laws that he's Santa Claus is because the SOS comes up a couple times. Uh, the secret of Santa. And apparently, if you reveal that Santa exists, then people don't believe in him because they just know him as a fact. And so they don't have the magic anymore and Christmas is ruined and everyone's sad and Santa doesn't exist anymore. Did that come up in this movie? Yes. I was not paying attention at that point You then. were probably looking at a very <laughs> cute cat sitting about four feet to the side of the tree. I probably was. And San- so in that completely negates what happens because Jack Frost has 
revealed that he is Santa to the entire world Mm -hmm. and, in fact, invites people Mm -hmm. up to the North Pole. Mm -hmm. It's very upsetting. It's a very upsetting contradiction. It is a very big flaw in this Mm -hmm. logic of this movie. Mm -hmm. And they... We see Tim Allen on a plane to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. It's the Santa Airlines. Mm-hmm. It's got a giant Santa on top of it. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so the way that the North Pole is designed in this movie is that it's basically an ice volcano. So it's just a big open circle and everything else around it is flat. So you have to go inside this hole to get in, which a sleigh can get in because mm-hmm. it's small. Mm-hmm. This is a 747. It can't get at that angle. Very big airplane. Because it would have to go down and then pull up after getting underneath the thing. Mm-hmm. There's no way it can land and there's no airstrip or anything around. Right. So I'm just saying that Jack Frost does not pay attention to his infrastructure. And also he makes this amusement park scary, which doesn't make sense because he wants to be loved. He doesn't necessarily care about, like, scaring the children, but, like, the music is ominous and, like... His voices on the radio saying mm-hmm. slogans and stuff. Yeah. And honestly, like, for an amusement park, yes, there's the whole magic of Christmas and blah, blah, blah. But for an amusement park, this is not an impressive amusement yes, park. all you do is you get to make your own toys... So it's a -a Build-A-Bear. And... But also, you can buy things there, too. Yes, and you can buy your Mm -hmm. way onto the nice list. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how he decides it now, is by who buys their way on. Yep. And um, also, Jack Frost has this announcement over the radio, which is like, Remember, kids... If your parents don't spend a lot of money, they don't love you. Um, Mm -hmm. Which... Honestly, didn't make sense to me because I'm like, Jack Frost doesn't need money. Why does he care about parents spending money? Yep. And also, every child in this timeline is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone here is a brat. Yep. Everyone is incredibly Well, they're all needy. rich kids who could afford to come there. Yep. And they're all paying their way on the nice list. Yep. Because he stopped doing the delivery and now it's just whoever can afford to comes to the North Pole rather than him delivering all the presents in one night. Then we have an interaction between Scott Calvin and Santa Frost. Mm -hmm. And Santa Frost's design is horrifying. Yep. It's all spikety and... Very, yeah. Like, fake looking. Mm -hmm. For some reason, he doesn't look like he's in much of a fat suit. He Even doesn't. Martin Short, no, like is no stranger to wearing one. Like his Jimmy right. Glick character, yeah, like he did that for a TV show. I'm sure he would have put on yeah. that for this too, right? But they didn't. I don't know. They wanted him to look like I don't know, whatever. terrifying. Yeah, terrifying, basically. Um, and the cops try to chase Scott out, mm-hmm. and yeah. then. He manages to get to, or then, um, this is around the time where Neil tells him why everything is terrible in this timeline. He's like, well, you were always too busy, so you were never there for Charlie. And then he didn't want me to be his dad, and that ruined our marriage, so I left your her because of that. So it's your fault we're divorced, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so that's why they're divorced, because the whole world revolves around him. Mm-hmm. And 
we go to see a Santa-themed show, because apparently he performs every hour, mm-hmm. even though he's had no previous inclination of being a performer at all. Like, he just wants to be known. Mm-hmm. Um, well, did you talk about the pen, too? I did not. Okay. That's very important. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so he has this discussion, or Santa Calvin, I guess, has the discussion with Santa Frost. Um, and what, when does he say, I I don't want to be Santa at all? Uh, because he's bragging about how he successfully executed his plan and he's like and i'm not the one who said i don't want to be santa at all oh yeah Mm -hmm. and Uh, he said it twice because he was like oh what was that last part and he said i'm not the one who said i i wish i was never santa at all and uh he before this he gives scott calvin a toy he's like here a gift for coming and it happens to be a pen that records voices Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which that's a weird toy and then also that he figures out scott figures out what it is that quickly Mm -hmm. so it's introduced and utilized in the same 30 second scene right yeah not good screenwriting Mm -hmm. it's not and a bunch of people are sitting listening to essentially a christmas piano recital before this and i was saying that the people who like from what we had seen, how unruly everyone was, there's no way that they would sit nicely for a, a piano recital like but that. But a horrifying monstrosity is playing it. Like, an 800-year-old child <laughs> with pointy ears is playing it. <laughs> and so now Scott, he's at the show, and he knows mm-hmm. that he needs to get the uh, the snow globe back. Yep. And he sees Lucy. And so he goes to talk to her, and she decides to trust her half-brother's deadbeat dad yep. and help steal something from mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he has kind of a weird conversation with her, too. He's like, I know that you really like snow globes. And, like, in this uh, scenario, like, he doesn't really know her all that well. No, so he like, doesn't he's, know for yeah. certain that she likes snow globes yeah. in this universe. Yep, so it's kind of weird. Um, also, the piano player starts playing Jingle Bells in a minor key, which is weird. Yep, that's his way of saying, hey, everyone, we're about to start the show. Uh, and, yeah, Scott Calvin cro- creates a disturbance so that Lucy mm-hmm. can sneak in and get the snow globe. Mm-hmm. And then we just have an extended song and dance sequence where Martin Short sings Eliza Minnelli song but makes it about him yeah it's New York New York but he says North Pole North Pole um and he should just audition for Broadway if he wanted to perform and be famous and be loved like just go to New York and audition for yeah you're Broadway. immortal you got plenty of time to work yeah. on your singing and dancing yeah you got plenty of time to uh create your on-stage persona and everything. Yep. I mean, it would be a little bit of... I don't know how he would, like, freeze the directors into casting him or whatever, but, like, you know, he's talented. He, he could, could pull a Hamilton, write your own show yeah, that you get to you be go. the star in yeah. about Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. Make Jack Frost beloved. Yeah. You don't have to be Santa at an amusement park to be loved. 
and appreciate it and be able to perform. So And while he's doing this uh song, the elves are there and they're like doing a tap dance on the stairs next to him. Mm-hmm. And they look miserable. They're very unenthusiastic. Which mm-hmm. really emphasizes the fact that they are indentured servants forced yeah. to do the bidding of whomever happens to wear the Santa suit. Yep. And Oh, I put down Lumi had a good stretch. She did. She had a very good stretch at this point. Yes, it was much more interesting than the movie. <laughs> uh when so now Scott Calvin has somehow managed to sneak his way backstage mm-hmm. unseen by the audience, us. Yep. And so he now enters by swinging in on a rope and kicking Santa into a pile of boxes. And then shouts, he's not the real Santa, I'm the real Santa. And everybody starts laughing. And they're all very happy that Santa got kicked, I guess. I don't know. But also are upset that someone's trying to be Santa. It's hard to say what's happening. Yeah. And he uh, manages to get Lucy. He's like, Lucy, catch. And she throws the snow globe and Jack Frost catches it. He's like... Oh, my snow globe, eh? Well, you'll never get me to say the clause. And then he hits play on the recording. Mm-hmm. So I guess... It doesn't matter if it is in real time that you are saying this. Like, if you have ever said this and somebody else gets you to hold it, they can just play it yeah, it's and like undo everything. Holding it and saying it is not the magical act. It's just... Holding it is one of the locks And then to your it. voice. And then it's a voice lock for the other part. You have yeah. to say a password. Yep. And you don't have to say it while holding it, apparently. Yep. Which is such terrible writing. Yeah, it's really that bad. That doesn't make any it's sense. really bad. And we, he hugs Santa Frost and they travel back in time again. Mm-hmm. It was 12 years ago. We were mm-hmm. back in Santa Claus 1. And this time, it's just... Tim Allen trying to keep Martin Short quiet while we watch scenes from the first movie play out. Yep. And then he manages to, his past self puts on the uh, Santa mm-hmm. suit so he becomes Santa Claus so the timeline's restored mm-hmm. and we come back to where we were and I don't remember oh that's right because he would have disappeared. Uh Yep. And so Santa's standing alone again, and he's like, oh, I'm back, I did it, I did it. But also, how did the past version of Scott Calvin not hear the fighting that was happening behind that snowman? They weren't quiet, like, they were ten feet away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did just have Santa fall off his roof, so he might have been distracted by that. Yeah, but I feel like if it's the middle of the night and I've just seen a man fall off a roof and then I hear two people fighting, yeah, I'm going to be on high alert. Yeah, that's true. That's a but, that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, they. He, this is when he's like, you know what? You're my family and secrets aren't for family. I'm going to reveal to you what I really do. This was so frustrating. Because I was like, them, you could have done this from the beginning. And then he takes them into the factory and it looks exactly like the rest of the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, there's no Canadian flags or anything. Right. But mm-hmm. it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Except they're not wearing their disguises so you can see the pointy ears. Yep. And then there's this very long <laughs> discovery that Alan Arkin makes. 
Yeah, um, this line read is so weird. It's so weird. It feels like he didn't have a script and he was just told by the director. And this is when you're putting just, it together that he's Santa. Just list Wait, off things. There, we're up north and you're a toy maker. And there's these kids. There are really elves. But that means that you're that guy. You're the, the boss man, the guy. Yeah, you're he says one. the guy. He never says Santa. Your father Christmas. Which also very weird to call him Father Christmas. Because that's a very British thing. Mm. Like, Americans don't say Father Christmas. Which is why no. the movie Arthur Christmas doesn't play as a pun in America. Uh, yeah, it's a very long discovery that he makes. And it is very weird. Uh, the way that he makes it. And he goes, he keeps going, whoa, whoa. Look whoa, at that. Whoa, look at that. <sighs> And yeah. then the Easter Bunny hops by. And poops it, in the factory. <laughs> and he says, don't worry about those little pellets. I'll get them. So apparently He's the just Easter Bunny just pooping poops. in the factory. Which I have to assume that the Easter, therefore, that the Easter Bunny is not a man who put on something and became an Easter Bunny, but is in fact a rabbit that like put on a collar or a bow or something and became anthropomorphized. So he was given the curse of... Of oh, no. self what and a horrifying life. So he was turned from a little rabbit who just wanted to eat grass, and oh, now no. he has an idea of self oh, and I hate that. knows what ethics are. Oh, no. And also, he has to deliver and, chocolate. But also, if he knows what ethics are, then he chooses to be super creepy. Yep. And, and apparently, poops in the factory. He, he makes fun of Cupid for wearing a dress, but he doesn't try to control his bodily functions. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know. The Easter Bunny is terrifying. It is. And the whole Legendary Figures Council is here, and they're all, like, rev- helping fix or helping get ready for Christmas because mm-hmm. we're so behind. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's here too because he let him know. And so they managed to... And the Legendary Figure Council has just decided, oh, in-laws, nice to meet you. And they're not hiding themselves. No. They're just like, oh, we let him in? Okay, we let yep. him in on the secret. This doesn't go against our codes nope. and our reason for being. Nope. And we're just... Oh, I guess they know now. Okay, well, I exist too. Hi. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm the Tooth Fairy. I'm mm-hmm. Cupid. I'm Father Time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, then uh, Santa tells Jack Frost to unfreeze the parents. Yes, they wheel them in. They're like, yeah, she was locked in a closet, and these were here too. And they're like, and he can't unfreeze them until he himself, his heart, is unfrozen, which apparently that's a thing that we didn't know until yeah, this moment. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, um, he never had a moment where he's like, where they're like, why are you doing this? Why? Because I got a frozen heart. Ha! Right, so everybody else is gonna freeze, like, my frozen heart. Nope, we don't get any of that. Um, so then we have Lucy, the giver of warm hugs. Uh, and- Lucy, hug that man who murdered your parents and locked you in a closet with their corpses. Mm-hmm. Which... Why wouldn't they just try having her hug her parents? You yeah, because she hugged the snowmen yep. and warmed them. Yep. Yep. So I'm just, yeah. I feel like she could have tried. Because the villain needed to be redeemed. Her 
<laughs> um, but yeah, she hugs Jack Frost and he like melts and does his weird Martin Short thing where he's like, <laughs> and like and making all these weird noises. The digital effects on it, they remind me of uh, when Agent Smith is turning to, is breaking apart in The Matrix, which came out five years prior, so this should be able to look better than that, but it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. And then, oh man, the parents unfreeze, and it's, oh, it looks bad. Oh, that effect looked terrible. Yeah. Looked like they were just standing behind something that was, like, the digital effect. It was... I must have missed that. I might have been looking at Lumi. Um, we'll have to go back and watch that because no! I want to see that. Um, yeah, so there's weird purring during Hug from Martin Short. Um, and then he just has, like, a white suit and, like, normal, like, well, I mean, pretty dorky hair. Yeah, but... dorky hair, but not mm-hmm. not weird frosted But he's just, like, hair. a guy So, now. like, does Jack Frost exist so anymore? So what does he is, do? There's no more what winter? What is his purpose? Is he Did gonna... Lucy cause global warming? Right. Is he gonna go beyond Broadway? Or what is, what's he gonna do? Because he's not Jack Frost anymore. And then we do a giant group hug now, mm-hmm. and everyone hugs together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Alan Arkin is being creepy to Mother Nature. Yep, and like and his... Margaret is somewhat into the Easter Bunny, it looked like. The Easter Bunny's hitting on her. And she's not hating it. Yeah. Um, and, and then they're like, ah, oh, the baby's coming. No, they don't say the baby's coming. Oh, the they present. Say the, the package is being, or the... The, de- the package is being delivered, or the package is ready, or something like it's that. It's time for the package to be delivered. It's time for the package to be delivered. And they're, and they're oh yeah, it's, well, it's Christmas. And she's like, no, the package is ready to be delivered. Like, it's so, just say that you're in labor, because that's, you know, a big deal. And then they just reuse the footage from earlier in the movie. Yes. But speed it up five times. Yep. And... Then we are reminded that, oh, right, we have this bookend of Mm -hmm. she's telling the story to people. And Abigail Breslin's in this movie again. And And she has another line. Yep. And she's like, and that's when I learned that family's important or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. They named the baby Buddy. After the dad. After After his grandpa. After the dad. Which also made me think of Buddy the Elf, but I know that... He's an elf and not Santa's son. Yes. So, and yeah. that kid's birthday is going to be terrible his whole life. Oh, like, it's yeah. It's bad enough to have a Christmas birthday. Yeah, but when your parents are Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. It's like, hey, Dad, can we go see a movie for my birthday? Sorry, it's the one day a year I work. Yeah. Nope, we can't go. Nope. To, you can't mm-hmm. invite your friends over. Nope. No. Your life is terrible because Maybe just you're my pretend son. that you have a different birthday. And like, Charlie was, already had friends and stuff, and he has a mom he can stay with yeah. when he's not with his yeah. dad. So Santa can still do his job, and he can live a normal life. Mm-hmm. What's, what's this kid going to do? Is he going to grow up with elves as friends, and that's it? Oh, that's sad. Is he going to be a weird homeschool kid who doesn't have friends? <laughs> Some homeschool kids aren't weird and have friends. 
And <laughs> talking to you, Tom. And then, <laughs> and the movie's over. And, and we get outtakes. Yeah, we get a bunch of bloopers. I'll say this. It seemed like Martin Short was having fun filming it. Yeah, I just... Martin Short is always, like, hit and miss for me. Like, sometimes I really like him in the role, and sometimes I just find him insufferable. Martin Short is definitely some one of those actors who is always giving it at a 12. Yeah. And sometimes a movie needs someone giving it a 12. And sometimes it's like, whoa, all I can notice is Martin Short mm-hmm. giving me a 12. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's doing his Martin Short thing in this. Yep. Yeah, this... Ugh. Not fun. It wasn't fun, and it wasn't funny. Yeah, it's has infuriating logic. Yeah. There's weird performances. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first movie has a bit of cynicism to it. Like, it has a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene where the elves break Santa out of prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And this one is just yeah has completely different tone well it just felt like it kind of dragged on like because you knew that jack frost was like doing all this sabotage but it took a long time for him to do all the sabotage and it's kind of like in it's a wonderful life uh the sequence where he's in pottersville instead of mm-hmm. whatever the town is actually named like yeah that only lasts about seven minutes, mm-hmm. and it's in the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. Right. And that's what this sequence felt like. It felt like it should have been more of him in this other world and spending more time being like, wow, everything's terrible mm-hmm. because of what I've... Because I said I didn't want to be Santa. Like, everyone is worse off. I need to become Santa again. Yeah. But then they just get around it by having him be able to get on a plane and fly to the North Pole to confront. Yes. This. <sighs> yeah. I would not recommend this one. No, nah, it's not a fun watch. No. It's long and infuriating and the Easter Bunny is terrifying. Yeah, so we say long, it's like 135 minutes. Or an hour 35. Yeah, which... it's... The pacing. Yes. Just, the pacing is slow because nothing happens for yeah, so long. Yeah. It's just all sabotage. And like some of it, you're just like, what is he even doing? Like he's freezing a thing, but like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, don't watch it. <laughs> nope. I'm going to give this one seven of boots out of a Canadian stereotype. Wouldn't that... I feel like seven out of one makes it sound good. No, because the more boots you have, the worse the stereotype is. Oh, okay. Well, Because they go. don't actually say a boot. There you go. That's Rick logic for you. Um, that goes out to you, all my beautiful Canadian listeners. And also, <laughs> I'm sure we have Canadian listeners. <laughs> and also Mustafa. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't think Mustafa listens to this. I'm just signaling him out as not one of our beautiful Canadian listeners, just one of our regular types. Mustafa, if you're out there, we're honored to have you listen to our podcast. Uh, Anyway. um, Yes, so that's been one month of Christmas movies already. So we've got another month coming up. Yeah. Uh, We're having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like it all the time. 
we do have fun. As miserable as some of these are, we we do enjoy it. Um, make sure to reach out at us, mm-hmm. uh, to us. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Rick Boston. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at at, at, at Miss Allie Daniels. Uh, let us know if you want us to keep doing these uh, big studio holiday movies or if you want us to sneak in uh, Some, Hallmark style yeah. uh, Christmas Prince stuff. Whoever's listening, I bet you know that we we love a good Hallmark-style movie. I mean, we haven't watched uh, Chris, The Princess Switch 3, three. yet. Yeah, I think uh, that might... That'll have to be on our roster. It's currently hovering at 36% on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. because it got an 11th review, which bumped it up from 30%. So, uh, it's on the border. Okay. So, if okay. you think we should do it, we'll watch it for you. Mm-hmm. Just let us know. But, yeah, thank you so guys so much for listening. Thank you. And I've been Rick. I've been Allie. And this has been 30 Below. With Allie and Rick. And Rick and Allie. And Rick and Allie. And Allie and Rick. <laughs> and Lumi. <laughs> <laughs>